Hello and welcome back to Talking Medicine, the podcast where we delve deep into new medical advancements. As for the April episode, we'll be going over new treatments for hemoglobinopathies. <laughs> that is definitely a mouthful. This next month is going to be very packed, so I might not be able to have a podcast for May. With that said, in the summer, I'll be pumping out many podcasts. Make sure to tune in for those. Now, with all that aside, let's dive into what this gene therapy treatment is all about. Hemoglobinopathies. <laughs> okay, let's go. First, let me give some background about hemoglobinopathies. Hemoglobinopathies are genetic disorders affecting the structure or production of the hemoglobin molecule, the red protein responsible for transporting oxygen in the blood. And the most common hemoglobinopathies include sickle cell disease and thalassemia, which combined affect more than 330,000 children born worldwide every year and more than 100,000 patients with sickle cell disease in the United States alone. Sickle cell disease, for example, is an autosomal recessive disorder. Meaning if your parents have a mix of both sickle cell, uh, sickle-shaped blood cells and normal blood cells, you have a chance of being completely normal and also have a chance of being fully sickle-shaped blood cells. The latter is a relatively low chance, though. Or you could have the same genotype and phenotype as your parents, meaning the same genetic makeup for the genes that code for sickle cell disease as your parents meaning you'd be heterozygous, meaning you'd have both sickle-shaped cells and normal-shaped blood cells. And so the latest research in hemoglobinopathies have brought an experimental gene therapy, giving those of the condition the potential ability to make functional hemoglobin molecules, which reduces the presence of sickle cell blood cells or ineffective red blood cells in thalassemia to prevent associated complications. All babies in the womb and newborns have a certain version of hemoglobin called fetal hemoglobin. Even if babies with sickle cell disease make normal blood cells because fetal hemoglobin doesn't sickle. But shortly after birth, the body stops making fetal hemoglobin. Its production is blocked by the expression of the BCL11A gene and starts making adult hemoglobin. The reason this is critical for sickle cell patients is that the gene mutation causing the disease is on the adult hemoglobin gene, not the fetal hemoglobin. Gene therapy in sickle cell works by knocking down the expression of the BCL11A gene to flip the switch back to fetal hemoglobin, simultaneously increasing fetal hemoglobin, which does not sickle, and directly reduces sickling hemoglobin. Now, this might sound very complicated right now, but guess what? I want to simplify it. Let's say this BCL11A gene is a switch, right? And right now, when you're born, the switch is turned off. And everything is working normally. You have this fetal hemoglobin that's working normally. Now, the switch gets turned on. And actually, there's a fault in the switch, okay? And the switch doesn't work properly. And this is what causes the sickle-shaped cells in the adult hemoglobin. Now, instead of just fixing the switch, the gene therapy actually works by switching the switch off again. So now we're going back to the presence when you are born, that kind of state. And 
you're not going back in time or anything. It's just that your hemoglobin starts going from adult to fetal. And now, since the fetal hemoglobin worked perfectly before, it doesn't sickle. The adult hemoglobin that sickles because of the mutated switch starts to go away. And you have your normal sickle-shaped blood cells coming back to the surface. And so to perform gene therapy, a patient's blood stem cells are collected and then they're exposed to a vector containing instructions to knock down BCL11A or the switch, right? The mutated switch. And so the patient then receives chemotherapy in a process called conditioning. And it's like in applying a field to make room for new seeds, right? And the new seeds are the fetal hemoglobins. And so finally, the gene-modified cells are given back via intravenous infusion. So this is a complicated process, which isn't too important. But the main thing is that this fetal hemoglobin is coming back and sickle cell patients are able to actually have normal shaped hemoglobin. All right, I hope that starts to make some sense, right? Gene therapy is a very new treatment process and has raised numerous ethical issues, right? So many people are arguing that editing the human genome is unethical and treatments like these should be restricted or not allowed, right? And so there's already laws like that in some countries around the world. But on the other hand, others are arguing that this could help change the world. People could create designer babies, and these designer babies could have any traits, anything they want, right? They could have it so that these babies don't develop sickle cell disease at all. Or they could be super tall, super fast. They could change the genes through gene therapy and gene modification and other tools such as CRISPR, Cas9, and other gene editing tools. But, you know, there's always two sides to this, right? You're going to have the ethical issues, but then you're also going to have the possible benefits. But what do you guys think? Do you guys think that gene therapy should be allowed? What restrictions do you guys think should be in place? Anyways, that's all for today. Make sure to tune in next time for our possible May episode. <laughs> all right. See you guys.